everybody, and welcome to Well Said, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's podcast, where we talk with students, faculty, and staff about what's going on on campus and around the world. And today we're talking with Carolina alumnus Sheldon Peck, who recently donated a large art collection to Carolina's Ackland Art Museum as part of a $25 million donation. Let's start by talking about the background of this collection. How did you and your wife, Lena, acquire such a large collection of art? We've been collecting for over 40 years. And at first, I wasn't terribly focused in art. I love art. I can do art. And then I discovered by serendipity a seminar given at one of the university museums in Boston, where we live, on connoisseurship in old master drawings. At that point, in 1977, I knew nothing about old master drawings, but it was intriguing and it piqued my curiosity. And I signed up for that seminar. And the first session of that seminar, the leader, who was a professor of fine arts at Harvard, Conrad Oberhuber, set out five drawings on five easels and said one of these small pieces of paper was drawn by Rembrandt and the other four are imitators or students of his. And can you pick the Rembrandt out? And I didn't have a clue. It was a very daunting task. And then he went about showing us how this one simple sketch of a winter landscape with very few lines, economy of lines, as he called it, but very powerful accents on the lines so that you knew where the light was coming from, you knew what season it was, you recognized the newly fallen snow. It was just evocative in its absence of line. And it struck me, this is the work of a genius after he explained these, these various uh, qualities. And afterward, I went up to Conrad and said, how does one get involved in, in this kind of collecting, this kind of di discovery, this kind of detective work? And he almost embraced me because the, in the field, this esoteric field of art, you don't find many proselytes. And he led me for quite a number of months, telling me what books to buy, on connoisseurship and, and also alerted me to some auctions coming up that had old master drawings. And I was particularly interested in the Dutch and Flemish drawings because they broke from the European tradition of depicting religious subjects. They concentrated on everyday life. It was the golden age in, the, in Holland, in the Netherlands, and everyday life and nature, finding the truths of, of the world were really their concentration. And me being a clinical scientist was very uh, drawn in by that. I was really hooked. And within a matter of a couple of years, we had a collection of a dozen drawings and we were on our way doing our own research. And it was very exciting and it's been exciting ever since. I always think, well, this is the year I'll probably quit, but I never quit. And uh, we've put together this marvelous collection that really can't be duplicated in the conditions we have today where these things are not coming up for sale. The collection is obviously a very personal passion of yours, so I'm sure you have a few favorites in this collection. Well, I do, and from that first exposure I had to Rembrandt's genius, that was unforgettable, and even though drawings by Rembrandt, one-of-a-kind works by Rembrandt on paper, are extremely rare very hard to find and when you do find them they're astronomical and in, in price you really have to set out to make discoveries a drawing that perhaps has been attributed to a student or has been in shadows of some controversy 
and through the powers of your visual sense and visual memory, which are all very important for a connoisseur to work in, you can discern that it's it's not by a student. This is this is by the master himself. And we discovered two Rembrandt drawings among the seven that the Ackland's getting. So Rembrandt is the artist for whom we have the most drawings in this collection of 140. It just so happens, which is pretty rare. And the Ackland will, will have the largest holdings of Rembrandt drawings, one-of-a-kind works of any university art museum in the country, perhaps the world. There are 800 Rembrandt drawings extant out that are known, that survive, and of the 800, 600 are in museums, 200 are in private hands. We have a, a nice hunk of that 200, all bought with, with more scholarly work than, than financial exposure. We have works of other great men of genius, artists of genius from the Netherlands. Jakob van Roosdal was the greatest landscapist and he, what he could do in pen and ink and chalk and of course his paintings as well are marvelous. We have two of his drawings, one of which we discovered at an auction in Amsterdam. And we have four by Jan van Hoyen, we have three by Bartholomeus Brainberg, and I could go on and on, but some of these names you wouldn't recognize uh, we have a Rubens, Peter Paul Rubens, who was the great Flemish artist, and then the Rembrandts and Jakob Jordans, etc. I get excited, and every time I mention these artists' names, I can visualize in my mind the drawings that we have. I could probably draw you out sketches of their drawings. It's, it's a real passion. Of all the art that is in this collection, if you had to pick just one, which one would be your favorite? Which one would you display in your house? There is one Rembrandt that stands out, and in fact, it was the uh, third drawing that I bought in 1980, the third drawing of the collection. And it's a Rembrandt that we title Study of a Woman and Two Children. It's a nursemaid with two children, probably siblings. And there's a, a fragment of a third drawing in this sheet that measures six inches by six inches. And besides its remarkable graphic technique, he probably saw this, this nursemaid and the children on the street. And he usually drew women and children when his wife was pregnant, when Saskia was pregnant. She suffered many miscarriages and many lost children. They had one surviving child between them for a time, but he was elated with the prospect of fatherhood. And so there were at least a recorded 100 or so drawings that he sketches he made at various times of women and children. And this must have been one. It was a time when Saskia was pregnant with her daughter Cornelia II, who happened to die two weeks after birth, a few months later. But on this drawing, he wrote an inscription, and most of his works on paper are not signed or inscribed by him. And he actually, in his autograph handwriting, wrote an inscription describing what he considered funny. One of the infants, one of the two children, had an old jacket over his head. The nursemaid put an old jacket over his head to keep him warm, so he was swaddled with an old jacket. And he wrote that comment in Dutch. And this is the last remaining inscribed Rembrandt drawing in private hands. And now it's going into the Ackland. It's one of the few inscribed or signed drawings by Rembrandt in the United States. 
So it's a touching, tender, poignant drawing. Plus it has this bonus of Rembrandt's signature, which sort of nails the attribution. This art collection is clearly very unique and very special. It means a lot to you personally. So why did you want to donate it to Carolina in the Ackland Art Museum? Well, it, it, was, it was, in retrospect, an easy choice for me. I've been allied with the Ackland and its mission since the 1980s. I graduated this great university in the 1960s with two degrees. Neither of the degrees was in art. I was a pre-med major and then went to the dental school. And then when I focused, I've always been interested in, in art, focused on art, I found out rather tangentially that the Ackland had a concentration in works on paper, especially drawings. And I visited the Ackland in the 80s, was uh, very well received by the director then in Issue Maker, and formed a, a romantic relationship with the museum that continues today. One of the great assets, one of the great developments that has occurred in the museum world is the internet. No longer do you have to visit the museum to visit the collection. Location doesn't matter. So whereas we're well connected with museum, big museums in Boston, in New York, in Amsterdam, in California, they don't have any more power to attract internet attendance than the Ackland. The Ackland has as much power as any museum in the world. That really was a deal maker. We love the Ackland. It's our favorite museum. We've been involved with it for many decades. And now through the internet and perhaps traveling exhibitions, our collection can get as much attention from the public for its, its brilliance and humanity of the Dutch artists as if it were anywhere. So why not be in Chapel Hill and enrich the community here as well as the world. How do you think this collection, and I guess fine arts in general, can have an impact on the community? Well, I believe, particularly today, the public is going to be crying out for the arts. We have very dire situations in political life, in prospects for the human condition, and the arts tends to be a refuge in times like that and museums will play a greater role in our lives to lift our spirits and satisfy our positive curiosities. So I really think that our collection, which by its very nature requires some brain engagement, some brain power, it's not just seeing a splash of color on a wall. These are very fine details from which if you, if you have some guidance initially, you can pick up signs of genius in their production. And I really think the public, once they are attuned to this kind of classic art, of brilliant art produced 300, 400 years ago, they'll never forget it. And it's the kind of exposure that I got in Boston. I had no previous exposure to this art and it just absolutely appealed to my visual sense. I really think there are people down here who are ready to discover the excitement of the old masters. And this collection will do it. I'm sure this collection could be featured in museums all around the world in major cities like New York or London. So why was the university aspect of this important to you? I am glad you brought that up because I think the future of museums, of places to view art, is in a university setting. 
because the best place art can be is where teaching and learning come natural. And what better place than a university museum? I believe more and more courses have segments of their course that take place in the Ackland Art Museum here. Whether it's a sociology course, a history course, a religion course, the Ackland has a broad enough encyclopedic collection to provide you a gallery filled with work related to your course topic. And there's no question when the Peck Collection gets on board here, there's going to be a whole a series of realms that it will provide substance for and content for in the university community that will really get embedded in the student's mind at a young age. I remember taking courses in archaeology and architecture, ancient architecture here, that have stuck with me for life. And I'm glad that I got that exposure, especially in my travels to Egypt and Greece and Italy. So uh, I'm hoping that students here and the community here in general will get a real sense of power and enrichment from this collection, which is very special. Throughout the years, there's going to be a lot of Carolina students who view this collection at Ackland. So what do you want them to take away from this collection? Well, part of the discussions we've had with the wonderful leadership at the Ackland Museum is that there's going to be an ongoing, perhaps small gallery or niche devoted to the Peck Collection for the next few decades. And a couple of drawings will be taken out from the collection and either compared with one another or compared with something going on in history so that there'd be these snippets of factual learning and of learning to see and perceive that will be ongoing. Someone can go to the museum every two months and see a changing exhibit from the Peck Collection. So that's going to be one learning experience. The other thing that can be learned that really struck me when I was introduced to Dutch and Flemish old master drawings, drawings from the 17th century, is not only how brilliant the artists were in depicting life, but in life itself, how life existed without electricity, without the usual and customary communication modes that we take for granted now. In the basic simple mode where people look in each other's eyes and there's a moment of transaction caught forever in this still so-called photographic image that's produced by hand. I think there's a lot to be learned from that, to go back in time. And the Dutch in the 17th century were a rich country. They had lots of patronage. They had some marvelous artists. It was the perfect storm of, of great art depicting the best of civilization. And I think it's a great learning experience. But you have to have the originals. And now the Ackland does. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. And don't forget to check back to unc.edu next week for another episode of Well Said.